0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Chris. Chris, how you doing, man?
1: Pretty good, Steve. Doing all right.
0: Doing all right. Uh, recovering.
1: Maybe, yeah, recovering. That's that's a good word.
0: So, um, welcome back. First and foremost, um, you know, congrats on bronze. And you know, I really when I put up the the feelers, I guess, or that poll um, for you know, should we focus on premier, precaps, recaps, worlds? Um, Pretty surprised that a lot of people wanted to hear about worlds. I mean, it makes sense, but um, you know, I'm happy to kind of kick this off with you and and just kind of get like you know some some generic questions and see how you're how you're feeling. And then um, obviously we'll see you again next week for East Coast or East Region recaps. But um, let me go ahead and just start with you know how, how are you adjusting, man? I mean, like what, what what's it been like? You know, performing at the top stage in Canada. and Now you're just kind of like you've been back for what a couple of days now
1: yeah so it's been yeah i got back probably um like monday night so it's been you know a work week essentially Uh, i was off on monday anyway for labor day so uh four day work week it was really busy honestly and i'm sure it's like this for a lot of people um trying to get work done while you were there was nearly impossible or you would do it after the games and you would uh it'd be like nighttime, and you put a couple hours of work in or For me, it was like replying to like 20 emails maybe and then trying to just knock some emails off my list so I didn't have 100 emails to respond to when I got to work. So um, I feel like a lot of people are probably in the same boat. Like this week was probably pretty stressful trying to decompress, but at the same time trying to catch up at work. Yeah. Impossible to do the both.
0: Yeah, it's uh, because you took what, like a whole week off?
1: I did, so. Yeah. think I flew out on Monday morning um, and then I returned Monday night so that was a seven days right there
0: dang it's sad man because it's like it's good to take long breaks and check out but then in the back of your mind you always feel like oh man my email pile is gonna be so massive or so much work I'm gonna have to catch up with I hate that feeling yeah but uh what do you do for a living anyway
1: so I'm the assistant director of campus recreation at Mount St. Mary's University.
0: Okay.
1: Um and so what I do there is I oversee all of the rec programs on campus. So intramurals, which are like our rec leagues. So I run like flag football, beach volleyball, regular volleyball, dodgeball, like all kinds nice. of like four to six week leagues. And then at the end the team that wins gets like the intramural championship shirt. Um and then I oversee club sports. Um, and so they're a step down from varsity sports. They're not NCAA um, It's just people who still want to play their sport at a competitive level versus other schools So they practice two to three times a week. Um, so I oversee like 10 to 14 of those club sports teams, too So yeah, my whole life is like rec, uh, rec sports and then you know, I play dodgeball so
0: nice just kind of I don't say it's kind of seamless, but they complement each other.
1: They do very well
0: that's awesome, man. Well, on the you know on the off chance people don't know you, um, you know Chris DeJesus, you're known for for Clutch Mode, but also Anarchy, right? Recently.
1: Yeah, so uh, Clutch Mode started back in 2017. Uh, we played all the way up through Austin 2019, um, and then COVID happened. And then I guess you know during COVID there were some tournaments in the East, um, at Spooky Nook, and I uh, played a couple of those with Clutch Mode, and then I made the full-time open transition to anarchy um, so I still play co-ed with clutch mode um, but now for open I'm always on anarchy
0: gotcha yeah, I remember seeing you in um was it west round one I don't know if they counted the cloth as round one but back in back in May I did like a double take cause it was like you know I'm, I'm used to seeing the same usual suspects in Anarchy, and then I saw you I was like huh wait wait, wait what <laughs> like so I was like <laughs> Cause I also hadn't seen you in like two years. So you also slimmed down a lot too. So I was kind of crazy seeing them I'm like, Oh great. Now they got a solid catcher on their team, but um, we'll probably go more obviously into, you know, the whole anarchy um, spiel next week when we, when we cover uh, East region, but let's just go ahead and start with like, you know, worlds. So um, you got the news. I mean, how did, how did you, how did you feel, man? When, when you, when you, when you found out you covered, you're you selected,
1: So, honestly, when I watched the video, uh, when it came out, I accidentally watched the foam video. I thought I clicked on cloth, but I clicked on foam. So I was, like, surprised by the selections, and then I was confused because I was like, wait. Man, I really thought I had a good shot of making the team. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I clicked on the wrong video. So I was then I went to the cloth video, and then I watched that, and when I realized I made it, um, I actually had some tears come out, you know had to do a little, a cry for a second. Nice. It was just like unreal feeling like, you know, all the work that I'd put in through the years, you know, you know, all the, the trials and tribulations of dodgeball that I'd been through. Like, I feel like in that moment, it was just like, man, that was all worth it. So, um, a lot of feelings and, you know, it was really awesome to have been selected. That's how I kind of felt in the moment.
0: Nice man. Yeah. I remember you had a really good, um, heartfelt post on Instagram about that. Um maybe a day or so later. So it's definitely cool to see. And it was really cool, you know, doing the predictions with uh with Dylan and Vince and, and talking about how like how your name was was constantly coming up. Um I wanna ask though, like why why cloth versus foam? Is it well I'll i let you answer because I, I got a theory, but
1: so I actually, you know, put my name down for both. Um oh, I didn't I did. mind being selected to go to tryouts for either one of them, because at the time, I had never played cloth. And at the time, I'd actually been practicing with the foam ball a lot. Um, For like, during COVID, I was throwing like, you know, a few times a week with the foam ball. So I feel like my throw got a lot better with it. Um, So, you know, I was hoping like, either way, I'd get an invite. I was like, man, I hope I get invited to both or whatever. But um, I was invited for cloth specifically and not foam um so you know i was just excited to get an invite in general so i just said you know all right i'm gonna put all my focus on cloth and i'm gonna do whatever i can to practice with the ball and try to make that team so um you know i was still sad that you know i didn't get a foam invite because i practiced so much during covid with it right but at the same time i was still happy i got an invite and it actually helped because i was like all right now i can just shift all of my attention to cloth. And so I don't have to worry really about foam anymore because I wasn't invited for that. So that's kind of how that all came together.
0: I gotcha. Yeah. I can't throw my theory out the window. I was thinking because I've heard that cloth is comparable. Well, as comparable as it could be to 8.5. And I was wondering if that might've been why, but, um, I wouldn't
1: say it was a why, but I mean, it's definitely probably a legitimate reason in the selection of the people who do the selecting. They probably, thought along the same lines of you did, like, you know, he plays well with the 8.5 ball and, you know, more of a game of, you know, making catches and, you know, good throws and, you know, more along the game of what would be considered good for cloth rather than, you know, my play style being a little bit different than what they were looking for for foam. So I think you're right. I don't, I don't think that impacted what I was doing, but I think the people selecting probably thought similar to you. Um, with that, so gotcha. you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> so it's not completely out the window then. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Are you uh? So are you a cloth fan now? I mean, is it, you know, is it too premature to ask how you would rank the four balls? Or
1: I like cloth way more than I thought I would at first. Hmm. So I'll give you that much and say that you know I wasn't sure about the ball because I never used it. But once I started playing with it, you know, I was like. It's like a pillow version of an 8.5, I guess, in a way. You know, you throw a ball hard, catch ball, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what you do with 8.5. And so, uh, you know, cloth is similar in that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's uh, it's safe to assume it's here to stay. And, you know, if we have four balls, then, then cool. Um, especially if the rest of the world's u- utilizing it. So, um, yeah, I'm actually...
1: what you just said actually just you know made a lot of sense and so like I like the fact that you know if that's the ball that the rest of the world is using um, I'm all for it you know I'll I'll, uh, I'll jump in on it and try to become the best cloth player I can be if that means you know I can represent the country at worlds or um, you know that's the ball that if that's the ball we're shifting towards using more I'm all for it if that's the ball we're going to be using at the highest level um, I just have to do what I can to become really good at it so I don't mind the ball. And I think now that I've been playing with it, I'm starting to really like it. Um, so I think moving forward, I'm hoping that it will be available more at USA dodgeball events.
0: Oh, I'm I'm sure it is. I'm I'm sure, you know, all the, all the team USA guys are you know hungry and want to practice. And, you know, especially those aspiring to be on team USA two years from now, probably going to want, I'm pretty sure it'll, they'll, they'll make it happen, especially, uh, you know, if we want to get better and, and better represent, and um, it's so funny, man. Because I remember two years ago, I was interviewing um, Scott Bronson and Kyle Warren, and I was, you know, complaining about foam like oh, or uh, about cloth like oh no, here comes another ball, wha? And then um, they they threw it in my face. They're like, well, you know, if you suck at it, and you get better, Steve. Because I would said that about people complaining about eight point five, so they threw it back in my <laughs> face, and I, I was like, oh, he's sons of bitches, he got me. <laughs> but it's it was true, and then. Um, you know that's that's just if you are wanting to perform at the highest level it, it really shouldn't matter what ball it is you should be able to adapt and train and um and, and perform regardless and obviously you showed that um obviously men's showed that too i mean i dare say the rest of the country has been playing cloth for quite some time now and then for us to to go in there for our first showing yes we wanted gold but you know bronze is i mean top three is pretty awesome so hats off to you and the team and the coaches. And, you know, I I do want to get into, you know, how you prepared. So, you know, we talked about like you'd already started conditioning. Um, you already seemed pretty hungry. So did that change your, your regimen at all? Or did it give you more fuel or what what was it like just getting ready to, to go compete?
1: Yeah. So getting ready, um, I started working with uh, my coworker who's a personal trainer. Um, and so, she was, she had me on a plan that we were working and, um, I felt it was helping me like, you know, with my range of motion and my conditioning. And we started implementing a lot of dodgeball movements and stuff into our, um, regiment. And that was really, nice. really nice. Um, so we were doing that. I was throwing a few times a week and then, um, yeah, everything was pretty good. I feel like I was, you know, I lost a couple pounds again. Um, I actually had like uh, a foot injury bothering me, like, uh, the ball of foot, like second toe around there. So anytime I'd like, uh, really press up to like jump or run or like lunge off of my left foot. Um, I was sometimes experiencing like a sharp pain. Um, and so I actually had to take some time off, like right before training camp, like a couple weeks before, because it had gotten to a point where like I kept saying, like, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then, like, it wasn't getting better. It actually started getting worse Mm. as I kept doing more conditioning and stuff. So um, that was a little bit frustrating right before camp. And so I still played, I think, at camp. I ramped it back up to 100% again. Um, I felt really good the first day. And then the second day of camp, um, I, like, we were doing opening rushes, and I pushed off and i don't know i don't know where i felt another sharp pain in my foot so uh that was definitely a hinder to me and i i let the coaches know that it was something that was bothering me and uh yeah i kind of ramped it down after that and so i was only doing like low impact things after so that's kind of how my training went before uh camp it was a little bit frustrating to have to deal with something like that but you know i took the time off and it's not really bothering me anymore so, I'm hoping I'm past that now. I know it's after Worlds, but um, even right before Worlds, I wasn't really experiencing the pain anymore. So, I feel like I'm past it now. And, you know, I'm ready to get back into it and start training for nationals and for, you know, FTC or anything coming up after.
0: Yeah, because there's still some good ones coming up. And um, that, that's good disciplines. I've known a lot of people that will just push through the pain and they'll make themselves worse. And it's the last thing you want to do is when you are like, about to perform on the world stage and you're like, Oh, I should have taken it easy these last couple of months, but, um, glad the God you're past it. And hopefully we'll see you out in nationals and, um, it's not gonna be a recurring injury, but, um, maybe this might help with the next question. Just so look, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently to prepare if you could do it all over again?
1: Um, I really don't think that there's anything I would have done differently. I really felt like I was doing something, you know, pretty often to stay active and to stay preparing for this. Mm. Uh, Maybe watch like the Euros again or watching more of it. I did watch like, you know, a couple hours of games, but maybe just going back and watching it over again, um, just so I can really see the personnel of the other team better. that might be something that would have helped me um is to just see everyone and know everyone uh so that when i got out there it wasn't like seeing these people for the first time Right. even though i really was seeing them all for the first time
0: do you uh do, do you have um like a toughest match where you're just like man this country is insanely good or for you personally
1: i think everybody would probably say the same on the team and that's great britain Um, they really showed that this is their ball. This is what they do, at least on the, at the men's level. Um, I'm pretty sure Austria won both women's and mixed. Um, but for the men's side of it, and I only played men's. So that's why I'm speaking on that. Um, I feel like on the men's side great Britain really showed that they have a lot of depth and this is a ball that they've been playing for a long time. And there are a lot of players in great Britain who really know how to play this ball and understand the game. Um, they their strategy and their teamwork and their execution all of that stuff you know was you know dang near impeccable you know you can tell that they've put a lot of time into this and that they've been playing together a lot and i think that's where every team who's playing cloth now kind of is going to be watching and aspiring to learn after and become you know somewhat like
0: like the i was gonna say the, like the gold standard but that's a uh, duh <laughs> I can't I see it like how they see us with 8.5. Like obviously for the longest time, 8.5 has been our game. So it's like, haha, welcome to, to our hell. But now it's, it's the reverse. We got to step up to them.
1: Yeah. Another comparison is kind of like, I'm not sure if you did this, but I know for like me, like you always look up to like rise and doom and like, you know, those teams were kept winning back in the day. Yep. Like I know every dodgeball standard because con- kind of, came based on like how Rise played or how Doom played and basically all strategy came after watching those teams um like that's kind of like how it is on the world stage watching Great Britain and Cloth right now probably I bet every team is looking to see what they can take from them and learn and implement into their own you know team standards.
0: Oh I'm sure yeah that's, that's what happens once once you're on top all eyes are on you and they're going to be looking for ways to, to knock you down in, in two years so curious what, you know, what we're gonna look like two years from now and how much, um, U S is gonna step more into that space. And like I said, imagine two years of just straight up full cloth adaptation, understanding that it is a thing. Now it is, if you want to perform at the highest level, you're gonna have to learn it. So I know that, um, I've seen cloth balls show up at cactus. Um, so it's only a matter of time before we're, we're back up there again.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, I think with that, with us implementing more cloth, uh, one thing that's going to be very important is that the, you know, USA dodgeball or, you know, whenever we're playing like cloth style dodgeball, um, I think it's important that in the future, we try to implement as many of the international rules as possible um, because it really was like a learning curve for all of us when we were there. The rules set in like, the pace of play and even like the burden rules and the count, all that is so different there. And, you know, we play a certain way here with the USA dodgeball rules, you know, with the 10 second count and, you know, just the, the normal set of rules that we play here. We're so used to that Right. That stepping out and playing with like the international style of rules definitely lost us a couple of games because we weren't fully aware of all the rules, no matter how much we could read a rule book um, or anything like that. You know, when you're playing it, it's, you know, in the moment when you're just coming back to habits and things that you've been doing for years, it's a lot different when those things that you've been doing for years are against the rules in this new standard. So, um, I think moving forward, I hope that we're able to implement some more year your, our international rules for um, our cloth that we play here.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny you say that because they're back in the NDL days, like if I threw a ball at you and you blocked it and it crossed back into my territory that would be considered a throw, and to this day, when I'm refing, I know that that hasn't been a thing in like almost a decade now. I still almost pull the whistle, I'm like, oh wait, no, that's we don't do that anymore. But then now we actually do do it. So you're totally right, man. I mean, I'm sure it's just going to come with, um, you know, muscle memory and and unlearning some habits. But what what rule change or what what difference or variation? would you say threw you off the most um and not necessarily like in a bad way but like you had to like really think oh this is way different than what i'm used to
1: okay so a couple things so like you said with the bounce back so you throw a ball someone blocks it it comes back to you it's a live ball so you can catch it or it can hit you out so you got to be able to play off of that if you throw at somebody right in front of you and it hits off of their ball or hits off of them you got to be ready to catch that ball to, to count it as a catch and that's very different um, than what I'm used to. Um, the other thing really big is the burden. So it's not just like a 10-second count. You have really five seconds to, you know, get up there and start make, start your play, essentially. You can't just come back in a huddle for a couple seconds and then go up and throw. If you're in a huddle too long, you're not moving forward, and you're not actively looking like you're ready to go up and throw, um, they can call for you to play your ball. So they can say play two or play three, or whatever, and you have to throw that many balls that they tell you. So you can end up having three balls, you go in for a huddle for too long, and they tell you to play two. Now you have to throw two of your three balls, and you only have one ball left on defense. So um, you have to always be ready to play, you have to be moving, you have to always be active and ready to start the next play. There is no sit back and let's strategize. You have to be actively moving into your next play. And so that causes a lot faster play. You see a lot more counters. You'll see a corner throw in the corner right in front of them, throw right back at them. You see just such fast pace. You throw a ball in the middle, and the corners from the other team are immediately running you down to start throwing. Um, So uh, I think that was the big change for me was just the speed of the game. was. And I saw someone ask that question. Was the speed of the game faster or slower? Definitely faster with that burden and with this pacing of people running you down. It is a fast game
0: that's cool yeah that was uh markel stokes uh he had asked was the pace of the game like fast or slow and obviously yeah pretty fast and that's um how did that how did that change like the play calling like were you guys given like scenarios where, like if this happens this is how i'm going to execute like a lot more yeah independent so, thinking or
1: yeah so without giving too much away because i don't know i don't want to give a bunch of like strategy away if we're not supposed to be saying it but um you know we had green light calls on certain things so if something happened in front of you someone your the other team made a certain move you can make a certain move right back there's no i have to call this play like if like if this happens then you do this so it's like bang bang plays um that are already a green light in all of our minds and we know that if you have this ball and this person in front of you throws then you know you're able to throw back or something like that instead of like huddling up and play calling like there were just certain things that when you saw it you knew what move to make next gotcha. um and then like you know we have even before the games we talk and we'd be like all right we're going to start throwing from the corners or we're going to start from the middle or blah, blah blah so like we didn't really have to talk about it because we wanted to keep that pace up we didn't want to stop and huddle for every play so we just kind of knew beforehand what you're going to be doing and then like you might call it when you're on on the back line and the other teams approaching you can say like after this we're gonna do this so that you already knew it ahead of time you're not gonna just come up in a huddle and take time to really think about it you could just kind of like run right into it
0: yeah cuz I imagine that's gonna be the yeah another advantage you can have over the opposing team if you already know what you're doing you already know what uh, your teammates are doing don't have to huddle it you can get, um, you know get them on their heels
1: yeah it starts getting really deep because You know, if the person in front of you makes a move and then you react to that move, then your teammate and then their team is going to react to that move. And then your teammate's supposed to react to that reaction. So it's like all this stuff that you got to know and you just got to watch and see it happen. You got to be able to react in the moment to those things that are happening because you're like, oh, crap, this person threw and that person threw at him. So that means I'm supposed to throw at him. So it's like it gets really fast, really quickly. and You got to remember when you're supposed to go. and You don't want to give the balls away. But sometimes you miss an opportunity, so don't waste the ball. We can now huddle. Um, We didn't take advantage of that right away, but let's call a play real quick and then go into it. So uh, it's really fast, and you have to really communicate with each other without exactly being able to, like, sit there and talk for a couple seconds. Like, you just got to, like, know mentally what the person next to you is going to do.
0: I love that. I love watching that happen, too, because, like, you know, traditional elite premier um, even rec leagues, like, okay, team team A throws and waits, then team B throws and waits, and then just kind of goes back yep. and forth. And then all of a sudden, that one catalyst happens where sometimes it just busts up into running gun mode and, you know, people just walk into the queue in succession. Yeah, I caught
1: this a lot running gun mode. <laughs> that's
0: awesome. I, I, gotta, I can't wait to try it. Um, that's my favorite style of play. I'm really uh, not a strategist at all. I just kind of go mindless and... For better or for worse, but um, definitely looking forward to to being introduced to it and, and seeing how it goes. And I really like the idea of, of, um, of the concept of like green light plays because uh, that's something I've been trying to experiment with more and without getting into too much of a nerd army tangent, we have this concept that a lot of the leaders are trying to push called mission uh, command. And mm-hmm. it's basically like, here are your orders. This is what the mission success looks like. You know, we're not going to micromanage you. We're going to let you... Understand the battle space and make some calls on your own to accomplish the mission. So we're gonna trust you And so if you have that set with your teammates, that's that's pretty cool Like oh if X happens, then Y will happen and and so on and so forth. So
1: exactly And I think and I'm sure the same with your uh, in the military is that you trust in those people anyway So you don't have to be really Micromanaging because you're like, all right, these are the best of the best or and that's how I feel about like our team You know, say like all of us were there for a reason all of us were the best at something or, or or had talents that, you know, there was a reason why we were picked. And so the coaches had that trust in us to be able to tell us, hey, when this happens, this happens, don't think about it, just do it. You know, if you miss it, you miss it, it's fine. But, you know, they have the trust that we're going to make the right play. And even if you make the wrong play, you know, they still trust you. Then you might talk on the sideline after and say, hey, what'd you see there? But, uh, you know, when you're talking about having a lot of the best players, You know, you trust that everyone's going to make the decision that was right for them and right for the team. What we talked about,
0: yeah. There's no like showboating or simple quote unquote like rookie mistakes. And I'm sure they're, I'm sure occasionally won't slip by. But yeah, you're right. The 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 IQ slash maturity level is, is already there. You don't have to worry about that, which is pretty cool. Um, for the whole event, if you can pin down maybe one or two items, what was what would you say you're the probably the most impressed with i mean you know you've got a couple of seasons of elite under your belt some premier some nationals um you know how, how did this compare like what what stood out to you the most we're just like man this is this is pretty cool
1: like the tournament like the world stage versus nationals yes or like i'm just curious i don't want to answer it wrong <laughs>
0: yeah no worries like like the world stage just a whole nother level of of, of play that not too many people are gonna you know experience
1: yeah, so, you know, it's still some, somewhat surreal to me. Uh, uh, it was just a really crazy feeling. It's hard to describe, just being able to be a part of that and see, like, what every country has to offer. And, like, essentially, like, it's like here, like, I am one of the, you know, top 13 players in cloth in, you know, the country or I was selected to be on the team. And we're going against people who are like the same as us just in a different country. Like it's hard to, to comprehend that, but it's really cool at the same time to think like, you know, I feel like I put so much time and effort into this and I've worked my way up the ranks in the United States. To think that everybody on these other teams did the same thing that I did essentially, or something similar is really cool to be able to put like your best versus you know others' best. And like I don't know, it was just really cool to to be able to see that and, see everyone representing their country and holding the flags. And, you know, it's it's so different. Like in the U.S., like when you're playing, like when I'm playing on Anarchy or Mode, like you're representing like your team or your friends or wherever you're from. Like for clutch Clutchwood, we're all from Delaware. But like it's something different about feeling like you're representing or you have to like you're, you're, you have like the whole country on your back. And it's kind of like up to you and the 12 guys next to you to represent the best of our ability to try to bring something home for, you know, all of the Americans here to bring something back for us. Like it's a lot of, it could be a lot of pressure to, uh, when you really think about it.
0: I can imagine it, it's, it is cool. Like from a spectator standpoint, because it's always, oh you know, West coast, best coast, whatever. But then team USA, it's like, no team USA, like we're all you know rallied under, under you guys and, and hoping for the best and wanting to, uh, to see you guys succeed. So I do like that aspect a lot um were there any because uh, i'm looking at the standings right now so obviously great britain and austria i'm pretty sure those, those are given but were there any other countries that kind of stood out to you that you can recall
1: so i i was able to and i know i've been mostly talking about cloth but i was able to step away and kind of watch some other countries hmm. um just play and watching hong kong play foam um that one that was really cool to watch because i had heard in the past that maybe they weren't considered like a top team like they weren't that good maybe they were good but you know they weren't going to be pushing much higher than top five maybe um when i watched them play you know they were taking every game every team that i saw was a challenge when they went up against hong kong really like uh, i was able to watch their men's and women's and mix games. some of them and you know they're playing against Canada and Malaysia and the US and like other really good foam teams and you know those games are like 1-1 2-2 or like i'm watching like 3-4 and like the score is barely moving like there's never a point where hong kong looks like oh they're like they're out of it like they were in every game i watched them play and so it was really cool um, to see and i heard that you know what helped them a lot is they had a player from Malaysia um, Pyong maybe, who who helped um, implement some of the Malaysian tactics to Hong Kong, and I don't know if that's it or, you know, that along plus a combination of just hard work and everything else. But Hong Kong looked like a team to be watchful of for the next few years. You know,
0: nice. That's cool. You gotta appreciate when uh, an opposing country or team, rival, like helps. The other guys like step up and and improve that's always a cool a cool concept um yeah yeah like i said i mean i, I can't imagine what two years from now is going to look like it's i'm pretty excited for it mostly um hopefully you know we're, we're way past pandemic we're way past recovery and now we're back to where i feel we were you know right at 2019 after cancun where it's like man like the the scope the future of dodgeball is so exciting now and then all of a sudden nope pause but um hopefully we'll find out in uh 2024 um let's go to the some of the crowdsource questions so we already covered Markell's question on the pace but he also asked how was the experience in canada so we kind of talked about some of the play already but what about just actually being there like have you been to canada before
1: i have been to like niagara falls and like barely passed there before um, but this experience was a little bit different. Like the area that we were at, um, as described by uh, Billy and Casey and Brandon, who drove in Armando, who drove from Dallas to Edmonton, uh, right. a 36-plus-hour drive. Uh, they were saying that it went South Dakota, North Dakota, North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, that's essentially what they described Edmonton as. And so like, yeah, When we got, when I got there, I realized I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of open land here. Like there's a lot of space between things. So, um, th- that's what it was like, like when you look at it, um, besides like the area that we went for the bar, that was that pretty nice. Um, it was a lot of open space, but the food there, it was, I ate a lot of, uh, poutine,
0: hmm.
1: duck poutine, beef poutine maybe chicken poutine, like, there were just so many different, like, every time we went to a different restaurant, uh, Brandon or Casey or Billy, or even one of our, like, any of our teammates really just always was getting, like, some appetizer of poutine, so uh, I really liked it, though, Um, it was, like, french fries with gravy and whatever meat mixed in there, like, on top, so uh, I had duck for the first time, and it was interesting, I don't know how to describe it, but for me, it was kind of, like, chicken pork i don't know like if you combine the two in a way that's what i kind of felt like when i was eating the duck that was part of the poutine that we were eating
0: i'm a pretty big fan of poutine it's uh there's a bar here locally in Tempe that that serves those fries i'm like this is this is incredible i want all of it and it comes with uh duck or duck fat and you're just like man i didn't think these animals were so so delicious yeah um katherine thomas asks did you U.S. guys know you can all catch like that. Honestly, insane hands. So I think it's more of a, a compliment, because I mean, yeah, we're we're looking at the the lineup. Like, yeah, these are these are definitely catchers. So I mean, I want to say like it was a given. But well, actually, so there we go. So was there a learning curve to to catching? You know, uh, cloth. Is it harder? Is it more or less the same mechanics or?
1: Um, the ball is pretty bouncy, so. You know it just takes a little bit to get used to catching it but once if you know how to catch uh you're going to be able to catch the cloth ball i just don't think it's part of as many other countries strategies to catch it like we do right Uh, so i'm glad that we were able to to catch them and kind of show you know that we have you know more of like a you know three-way threats we can we can all catch we can all throw we can all dodge Um, But, like, emphasize that catching, um, we wanted to show that, you know, we feel that we might be the best or right there uh, when it comes to catching. So um, it was really cool that other countries saw this. And it seemed like any game that I went to, like the mixed games or um, even our men's games, when I was on the sideline, I noticed, like, a lot of people were commenting about how, how well we were catching or how many crazy catches we were making, like when Billy's sliding back and catching it, or Vince slides back and catches it, or Casey just goes off and gets seven catches in a game. I think other teams and other countries and even spectators watching were just like, whoa, this is not what we're used to seeing. Like, this is this is a lot of catching. <laughs> and then, like, Quan subs into the game and makes a couple catches, or Ruwan subs in and makes a catch, and Ty Frazier goes in and catches a suicide. And then, like, you know, just Vaughn goes in and makes a catch, and then you got Joey Kramer who falls back on his butt and makes an all hands catch? It's like whoa! It's like all the way from top to bottom of the roster, and obviously like Pine and Glenn making catches. It's like whoa! It's like not just two or three people who can catch. It's like everyone on the team really could catch. So, uh, I think that showed a lot in our games.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's never uh, it's never an enjoyed feeling when you're when you're lining up to throw at the other team and you're like, all these guys can catch. So have like a small window to hit if I'm lucky and I won't get caught out, but that's, uh, again, I wonder if if teams are going to go back now and and focus on catching, knowing that maybe that's what men's USA is known for for now.
1: Yeah. Um, I think one thing too, that it shows like the, the talent level of great Britain and Austria is that they were able to place balls in places that made it hard for us to really win by catching. So, Hmm. um, I'll tip my hat off to that because, they were hitting us like in the knees or, you know, in the side of the ankles or, you know, just good spots. Um, And they were placing well, or they were, if they were throwing two, they were timing it well, or if they were countering, they were countering at the perfect time to kind of take away the catching. Um, So that's why those two countries were one and two in every single um, uh, division for cloth is because, you know, they know how to not get caught. I think they learned, they saw us catching and they were like, Okay, so don't put it right in the
0: bread basket. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, no. We're going to have to lower our or reduce our, our target or site picture there. Um, Casey Salamone has a couple questions. It's um, so kind of different to, to Markel. Do you feel like the games were paused a lot? Is there a lot of pausing going um, on?
1: So I feel like, I don't know if she's talking about because we were behind schedule or... Um, So I would say that maybe there were some pauses. I know there was a pause on a court a lot due to like an injury. And so that pause and put us really behind one day in scheduling. I think someone broke their arm. I know someone else really injured their leg and they were in a wheelchair. Um, so I don't know if those caused some of those pauses, I know sometimes there were a lot of rules pauses. And that might be because we were, you know, a lot of the refs had not played cloth or do not know the international cloth rules before the event. So they've, you know, been reading them and been coming up with them and been learning them for like the last couple of weeks, but still seeing everything in action and being able to call it in the moment. A lot of times you need to bring in all three, four refs on that game to come up with a conclusive call. Um, so that might have caused some pauses. Um, It's just like rules, clarifications type of things. Um, So I would say that was like the main thing that I'd see that caused a pause. Maybe it was just like uh, rules trying to be clarified or making sure that calls were accurate because it's the highest stage. You don't want um, a bad call or a missed call to cost a team, you know, a chance at a gold medal or something. So I think they wanted to make sure that a lot of times to try to get it right. Or to make sure that what they were calling was accurate.
0: Yeah, I was actually just gonna say. I mean, not that it's excusable, but this isn't a rec league. This isn't your local, you know, even even national base. The stakes are so high here. You you better be absolutely sure you're gonna make this call correctly. Um, yeah, I. What was it? I think Vince did a, a clip of a player throwing a ball. Hit the player, bounced up, hit another player like adjacent to you guys. That player caught it. Like it, it was just this crazy. Like only oh, in pulling Oh, Is cloth. that one
1: of uh It's like, yeah, I think that was the one. It was like me, Quan, Rue, Ty, and Vince. I believe I threw it at a guy on Canada. It hit him in the leg, bounced all the way across the court. His teammate caught it. Kwan throws one at him. It bounces off of him and it pops back to our side and Rue jumps up and catches it yeah. and dodges the ball coming in. It was really crazy. Just 2 two pop-ups back to back. Um, and it's funny cause I think I run off the court because they caught my, my ball off a pop-up, but then we caught a ball off of Quan's pop-up. So I was able to come right back into the game.
0: <laughs> I just, uh, cause you know, you had the, you had the good angle and, and Vince slowed it down and he, I think he even like made like a little chime for every, every out. And I'm just like, I, I can't imagine being a ref right there. I'm like, oh my god, what the hell did I just watch?
1: Exactly. Yep. I Especially gotta... if you're used to refing a different rule set year round.
0: Yep. It's gotta be like, oh man, I gotta like take a minute and just kind of rethink everything that happened and maybe write some stuff. Exactly. Down.
1: And, and stuff like that did cause pauses. You know, those plays that happen really fast and you see two crazy things happen in one second, and you're like, Hold up, and the rest just stop the game for a second, <laughs> talk about what just happened and try to call everybody in or out who's supposed to be in or out. So
0: yeah, I've I've been there a few times. I've actually had to pause the game just for my own mental sanity. Like, hold on. I am, li- like, mentally I'm trying to catch up to where you guys are right now. Like, give me a second. You got to think about this. Um, no, I mean, I'm sure, um, like I've been saying, everything's going to get tied up in a couple of years. And, you know, it'll be at that point where cloth rule set, Cloth play style is going to be as, as second nature to us as, as foam and uh, no singing 8.5 are. Exactly. Um, Casey also asks Were there any other teams that stood out? If so, in what way? You did mention Hong Kong. Um, were there any others that come to mind between um, Australia? I already kind of
1: shouted out Austria and Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, Hong Kong. Uh, let me think. I apologize because it's probably a team that stood out to me like back in the moment. Now like there's so many teams in my head. It's so hard to like remember. I, I think Australia, I'd say Australia, uh their foam team. I always heard that they were knocking on the door to like third place. They would always it would always be like, you know, Malaysia, US, Canada, then Australia would always be like in that four spot. I think this year they really showed that they're ready to elevate past that four spot. And I believe that they finished second in men's to Malaysia. Uh, I, I could be wrong there, but I, I know that they finished second or third in like one or two foam divisions, which is higher than where they have been before. So um, they stood out to me in foam and I was like, wow, you know, it's really cool to see some new teams really moving up and putting pressure on, you know, Malaysia, Canada, U.S., like it's not going to just be them one two three anymore i think moving forward you know hong kong's going to be right there i think Australia's always going to be right there um i think there are some other teams that are going to you know be right there i know mexico i watched them play a lot and they had a lot of young gunners on their team for foam and uh they almost beat hong kong in the the men's game that i watched so it, it came down to the wire so the fact that Hong Kong is knocking on the door of all these teams and Mexico is right there knocking on the door to Hong Kong. It just shows how close everything really is becoming for all these countries. It's not maybe as much of a gap as it used to be in the past. I think a lot of these teams are getting closer and closer to uh, becoming like, wow, you're not going to really be able to predict who wins these anymore.
0: Nice. It's always appreciated. I mean, that's a, it's not a sideways comment to you at all, but, you know, we're like, oh, of course, Anarchy and, you know, Heat are in the finals or Crisis or some of the, the staples. Like, you kind of just expect that to happen. So, it's always yeah. good. When it, it can be literally anyone's game. So, um, She also asks, is there anything you learn from other teams and their play style? So, maybe you specifically, like, any, any takeaways that you're going to try to work into your how you play or...
1: Um, I think I just want to rewatch a lot of our games and rewatch Great Britain and rewatch Austria and kind of see what they do. It it just seemed like they know the rules so well and you know there was a game where we we lost because basically, basically I believe Vince caught Billy in but got hit out by another ball. Billy ran in for a one v one and you know you usually feel really good when Billy comes in on a one v one. Oh yeah. Well, Billy runs in through the sideline and gets called out because he didn't enter through the back line. Which, you know, oh, in man. U.S. dodgeball, nobody would ever call that an out. But in international rules, you really have to be mindful of that because they will call that. And so we just forfeited that game. Billy didn't even get a chance to win it.
0: That's the worst.
1: And that was against Great Britain.
0: Yeah, you don't go out like that. That's. And then uh... the
1: point before that, I believe, maybe one or two points before that. Uh, we have a three-on-one. It's like me, Pyan, and like Glenn or something like that. And there's one player left on Britain. And uh, I believe they said one of our shaggers reached onto the court to shag a ball. Um, our team disputes that and says that our shagger waited for it to roll off the court and picked it up immediately. But they said we picked it up off the line. So I think there were some players that kind of yelled something at the ref like, oh, come on, like. You know, he, he waited for it to come off the court and the rest like, No, it's it it was still in the court and our players like, Oh come on, that's so stupid or something like that. And it was probably more than that, but you know, along the lines of that, and they give us a team yellow card for that, and we forfeit that game. And I, t- I tell you, it was a three on one. It was like me, Pion, and Glenn versus one <sighs> yeah. other player. We would have won that game. Yep. And now we forfeit that game.
0: Wow. So
1: it was ten to twelve at that point. It would have been twelve to twelve. Against Great Britain, except we forfeit that point. It's now fourteen to ten. We're losing, and then that next game, I believe, or two games after Billy comes in through the sideline, we forfeit another game. Now we're down 16-10. and then we find. I think we kind of lost our composure there, and then we lost twenty two to ten. But that game went from twelve to ten, about to be twelve to twelve, to twenty two to ten because we kind of like lost composure after self-inflicted mistakes back to back to back, really
0: yeah i mean you, you it see those to
1: show you like the rules set and us not knowing the rules and you know how that could hinder a team like us you know where we feel like the talent is there but just not having played cloth enough with the international rules um is our disadvantage
0: yeah i mean you, you see in the nfl you know teams can be just on a tear and then one pass interference call or, or just something brings it back and you can just tell that momentum just killed and obviously the better ones recover, but it's still going to take some time. And like you said earlier, I, th- I think once the rule sets more established, you probably, you'll probably see a lot less of, of that kind of, those kind of outs or those kind of losses impacting, uh, exactly. can you say. Um, Last question, Dan Chamberlain. Um, for the foam games you did get to see, uh, what strategy do you think foam could have used to see more successes with the talent that was there?
1: I'm gonna spin that question a little bit. So I I didn't watch enough foam to be able to comment on what strategies they could have implemented to be better or to win games. I will say, I think that the foam team this year was a lot more inexperienced than like experience wise on the world stage compared to past foam teams. Um, If you really think about who all was on the team. So instead of having, like, Nate Kreider, who was always there, and Pion and Vince and Glenn and, you know, all those people who were always on that phone team, really. A lot of those guys were split to cloth or retired, like, you know, Eric Stone, like, Chris Zelensky, like, the Geos. Like, Dylan. you know, it's a, it was a completely different team, really, this year, besides, like, you know, Ketchum and, uh, Ketchum and Hashi and, and Jeff and uh, Cody Stidham. But like it really was a completely different team, so I'm not going to say anything about the strategy or in talent. I think the talent is there, uh, and their strategy, you know, is probably there too. I would say maybe they were a little bit more inexperienced this year, and so they needed this year to really get that world's um, experience. Now that they know what it's like and to be there as a team, because it also chemistry is a thing too. So to be there with all those new players. No matter what the talent is like, you know that chemistry where you don't have to talk to the guy next to you probably isn't there as like it used to be. So I think next world's if that team stays pretty consistent or you know they don't make a bunch of changes, I think they'll be better off just by having that experience and having that chemistry of being together this year. Plus, you know next year, Uh, I I'd say that's one thing that probably impacted them.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I appreciate you taking a stab too, because that's that's probably something we'll we'll address, uh, we're moving to, to foam, um, in a couple episodes, but I kind of agree, man. I think, you know, a lot, of, a lot of new, definitely not new to the sport, but new to that environment and new to playing with other people that they're normally against. So again, I, I think experience might just be the, the key keyword here for, you know, the next two years. But I also think, you now have um, a bunch of players that can come home. They know what it's like. They're those like I want to say jitters. Cause I, I can't speak for who may or may not have been nervous, but that that pressure's off I mean, now.
1: I was nervous. I'm sure there were other people who might not say it who were. So
0: <laughs> well, really, admit it, but it's 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 gone. So I imagine if you went back, you know, it's it's just a different mindset or different outlook now because like I've been through for this before. Sure.
1: You're just kind of hungry because you yep. didn't bring back that gold, and you're like all right, those jitters are gone. Like now I just need to put in the work. I know what I need to work on. I know what I need to get better at. Now I just need to do it next year or two and just need to come back stronger. And now that you have that experience, you won't come back with as many jitters. Like you're just going to be ready to go.
0: Exactly. I feel like that's what, not not to get too much on a, on a tangent with foam, but I feel like that's what they did in 2019. Like they were so close in 2018. And then um, it was just like, okay, we know exactly who we need to go after. And sure enough, it, it was, they, 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 I think they won pretty with like four or five, five points, um, yep. very decidedly, which I mean, not to, not to bash in Canada, but I mean, that was a pretty decisive win for bronze 29 to three. I mean, what was, um, do you remember that at all? I mean, like it, at, at some point, did you guys realize we're, we're just, we got this or like, how did you guys score so many points?
1: Look, I don't know if you know the one um, – there's a Denzel Washington, you know, meme. And he's like, I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt. I was like – and I'm, I'm not just saying me, but so how I felt. That's how everyone on the team felt. Like, you know, we lost that game to Austria in the semis. And we knew we had a bronze medal match. We were like, all right, this is it. Like, you know, we came all this way. There any, we, we didn't come all this way to not come back with something. So I kept saying I'm leaving here with something. Me and Ty were messing around a lot, Um, so that that's like our feeling. Like we were like, "All right, here we go. This is it. This is our last game. Nothing to lose. Well, everything to lose." (laughs) Right. And so like putting it all on the line there. And so we just came out. Um, I believe the the lineup was basically they said, "All right, Anarchy and and Glenn and Pine, and let's get it started." So. It was uh me, Billy, Casey, Brandon, Pion, and Glenn. And I believe we started out the score I believe was ten to zero or twelve to zero, maybe. Like we came out strong. We just were playing precise, you know, no mistakes. You go out, you know your green lights. We know the rules now, like we've been here five days. Like there were no questions. We went out and we just did what we knew we had to do with no mistakes and uh we executed so um i think that's all we wanted to do was just to come out and execute i think we got up maybe fourteen zero before we lost the point i think we went into halftime 15-1 to um so I, I think anybody who came in like i know i was the first one to sub out i believe for maybe kwan and uh he comes in and he makes a catch and he's blasting people he's lighting people up you know then tyro takes next and Ty's just A speed demon just runs to the line, gets the ball, you know, jumps back, gets a crazy catch. You know, it's just like it was like everybody when their name was called was just ready to come in and make an impact. It didn't matter. Like we all wanted to leave Canada feeling good about moving forward two years from now in the next world or, you know, whatever, wherever we decide to play claw that we want to leave there feeling good, feeling confident and feeling like this is how we're going to play. Not just now, but moving forward, this is how we play, and so I think we were able to do that.
0: I'll say. I mean, yeah, not not to bash on them, but twenty ninety three, like you guys, clearly took that. Uh, we are coming home with something attitude and just left it all out there. That's uh, that's definitely something that's gonna hopefully you know carry over the next couple of years and and we'll see it um, in Austria. But um,
1: yeah, we felt like you know if we played because you know we were all gaining experience as we were there if we were playing on day one like how we were playing on that last day you know it could have been a whole different tournament i'm sure not to say we'd win gold but just to say you know our game versus austria our games versus great britain as close as they were it would have been even closer you know
0: yep yeah because then it's the was it the margin of error kind of tightens and now it's just who can outgun who can outcatch. exactly Well, no, it's premature, but I'm pretty excited for two years from now. I mean, that's definitely feels like a, like a holiday. Um, when when we get really, really close to, to worlds, and I just remember, you know, being very hyped and especially with Cancun and just seeing, man, I cannot wait for, cause I think it's supposed to be, was it um, Scotland before some of the changes happen for, you know, the last two years happened. So hopefully you know, no more pandemics, we don't go into World War Three. Things kinda of mellow out a little bit and we can just focus on, on dodgeball again. But um before we wrap up, is there anything you wanna kinda like takeaways, final thoughts, shout outs, anything you wanna kinda close the episode yeah. with? Yeah.
1: Could I um could I just go through and kinda like give shout outs to my teammates and coach coaches?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man.
1: All right. If you wanna, you know, interject and make any comments at any point, go ahead. But uh, I'll just go down the line kind of so just wanted to give shout outs. Uh, start with Justin Pyan. That dude still has it. He was lighting it up. He was making catches. He was hitting. Um, he probably had the most hits on people with the ball in their hand. They, they were blocking, and he would just throw it. And he has such that, that weird release that uh, it sneaks right under the ball, hits him in the feet. Glenn was catching more than I've ever seen. He's probably been practicing a lot with that cloth ball. Um, he made a double catch in the combine or in the, in practice at the training camp, and then to see him make some clutch catches at Worlds is really cool. Um, he was lighting people up on the counters. Uh, Billy was just doing Billy things. He was coming up the middle, just lighting people up, dropping back somehow with his six foot eight, six foot nine frame, just dropping and making catches on teams that were like probably thinking they could just hit that big guy in the feet.
0: Never understood uh, that about Wasn't Billy. working.
1: Casey Moses just lighting it up with the catches i think against austria um he gets like seven catches probably more gets mvp that match and really pulls us back into that game with an outstanding show that probably the craziest catching display i've ever seen uh brandon kelly just getting in crazy shape and just being the most consistent guy on the team blocking every single ball thrown at him uh being able to just uh block a ball hit the person out in front of him with that green light um making the clutch catch when, when when needed, when being the last one. And uh, Quan dude, came in, and uh, we, we know his talent is all there, but he came in and showed that he doesn't just have talent. He's ready to show everyone now um, he was able to stay alive. He was able to make catches when they threw at him, and he was lighting people up with that quick trigger. He is a cannon. Uh, Ruan was just playing a fundamentally sound you know game when he came in, dodging balls in the middle, I know early when he got his name called, he came in, made the dodges, hit people. Then he was making the catch, and that's something I hadn't seen him do too much of. So it was really cool to see him do all three, dodge, catch, throw. Uh, Ty, Ty Frazier's uh, a freak athlete. We've probably not seen someone like him. Um, I watched him jump over, a, essentially like jump over a ball that was thrown high um, while he was running a guy down. Land and just step right into a throw with no pause. Like he, his butt was like at least six feet, seven feet in the air. It was crazy, <laughs> craziest thing I've ever seen. But for him to just do that and then pop off and make like a suicide catch, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Vince was like a firecracker. Like he was like our, our spark plug. Sometimes, you know, he didn't start the game sometimes, but he would come in and make some clutch catches. You know, hit some people out. And just try to get the team pumped and ready to go. Um, you know, Joey Kramer, dude, was like the energizer bunny. Like people were just screaming for him to get in the game. And uh I one of the plays that he made, it was it was against Mexico, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Uh he slides back on his butt, makes an all hands catch above his head, stands up, hits a guy out, runs up, picks the ball above off the floor, and just goes full Air Jordan, legs spread in the air, suicide cocks it back and just rips it at the guy. It was like the craziest thing I've ever seen nice. in my life. I hope that's on camera. <laughs> um, and then Vaughn just coming in and being you know consistent coming in that middle, just subbed in whenever his name is called and make a catch, make the right play. He's been on winning teams so he knows to make the winning play and he comes in and he's just you know what you're gonna get from him every time. And then Josh, for him to just come in, You know as an alternate and then be pulled up to the team full-time when vince isn't wasn't able to play day one and day two i believe uh josh came in and you know made the plays when asked to you know throwing it really hard i remember him making a catch against mexico um it's really cool to just see everyone be able to be a part of this um and then coach coaches brett and alfred i think did an outstanding job um first time on the stage first time coaching uh, to be able to handle everybody on the team, all these talented players, and to be able to rotate us in, um, try to get us all involved in, you know, handling, you know, egos and all kinds of, like, just everything on the team. You know, you got all these players, and players are going to get frustrated at themselves and anything like that. And they were able to just uh, handle everything, you know, effortlessly and, you know, keep us focused, keep us strong, and uh, help us get that bronze medal. So. Appreciate all the work they did in the professionalism that they showed, and uh, especially the last day when they came in full suits, decked out. It was it was really cool to see. So, um, and Nick Factorin for him to come through and to make sure that we were all staying uh, in line, make sure that we all had our gear, making sure that we all knew where to meet, where the team meetings were, uh, which courts we needed to be at, where we needed to be taking our pictures. Um, it was really cool to have him there too. It was very helpful. Um, I appreciate everything that he did and, you know, keeping us in line. So it was a uh, really good overall.
0: Cohesive unit. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, Casey, um, he's giving me a hard time because I guess when he was in North, North Dakota, they were listening to my interview with uh, Dylan and he, he kind of jokingly got upset that I said he dodges very lazily. But watching him, do you, does that make sense? Like if I were to tell you I see Casey as a lazy dodger, in like an efficient sense. Does that, does that sound familiar at all? Like, does that so, track?
1: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent get what you're saying. Yep. Um, probably doesn't like the lazy part, but what I say, and I always tell new players to watch him, um, he dodges without wasting energy. Yep. So I'd say he makes like the simple move, you know, if he only needs to lift one leg and inch up, that's what he's going to do. Um, but it's so efficient. He's not waving his arms around. He's not, you know jumping around doing unnecessary movements like every movement that he does is like calculated and exactly where it needs to be to be just out of the way of the ball or to just be in the perfect position to make a catch um so it it's efficient but sometimes it does look nonchalant like he looks like he's not even trying sometimes when he's doing like all these cool things he's making all these catches he's dodging he's throwing people out and like his face he's just so nonchalant he's like you're like, oh my god, how'd you do that? And he's just like, yeah. I did
0: it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, uh, yeah, looking back, I I equated to like the uh, like the you know martial arts masters where they're they're just they're just so good at what they do that it, it's just it's second nature to them. It's it's like not even a thought, but they're they're not doing anything excessive or unnecessary. It's just, and that's something I, I noticed about Casey from years past. Like this guy will just jump and move to the left ever so slightly and that's it whereas other people will you know like alan will just flail and you know they'll they'll, they'll dodge oh, the ball yeah. but there's i mean everybody's got their own style but with casey that, that just cracked me up I was you know like, you
1: know what else uh i equate casey to also the shaggy meme using one percent of his power
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: one percent. like, exactly. oddly, he's 1%, like <laughs> that's casey right there like he never looks like he's trying and like Like, I feel like there's probably even another level of him in him that we've probably never even seen. He just gives you just enough that the team needs to win. Like, and that can be like anywhere from like zero to 100. And like, whatever it takes for the team to win, he's going to give that much of his power, not even looking like it's a phasing him at all.
0: (laughs) I hope he's listening to this one. He's like, you haven't even seen me in my full 100% Casey, like full Casey. (laughs) Never go full Casey. that's my guy. <laughs> nice, awesome man. Well, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover. I mean, we're probably gonna go more in depth with some of the other players, some of the other divisions. Um, definitely want to give people a chance to kind of recover, as we're kind of talking about offline. But I really appreciate you kicking off the the first part of this this uh, recap, and um, looking forward to talking about East. So switching gears and and getting on there with uh, Frankie and and uh, some of the others for. You know to kind of go back to pre worlds and and get hyped for for nationals but um i think what we'll do is we'll go ahead and end the interview here all right so that was part one of our world dodgeball championships uh recap and chris thanks so much man for, for being willing to hop on and being flexible and and always being one of those guys that's just willing to come on and, and talk to dodgeball um in any of its facets and um also, huge congratulations to you and Team USA and and the coaches as well as Nick on, on grabbing bronze. I mean, yes, we all want the gold, but when you look at, as we're talking about, this is Team USA's first foray into cloth, and to go in there with other countries that have been playing this for several years is is a huge testament to your guys' talent, your guys' ability to function as a team and a cohesive, cohesive unit, and I'm definitely looking forward to what a team usa with more familiarity of the rules and nuances uh looks like two years from now and and again there's several uh players out there that know what it feels like that are brand new back then but are they're gonna be vets uh two years from now and it's just uh it's just very exciting dodgeball is always always evolving and it's it's just fun to watch on the sidelines but um for those of you that participated in the survey, thank you so much for doing so. Definitely helps me kind of get a better sense of what we should be prioritizing. Um, there's definitely a lot of dodgeball coming up between more worlds recaps, pre-capping, and recapping Premier, getting into FDC, and then I suppose I will go into uh, some more long form interviews, uh, just because that's a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, for those that submitted questions, thanks so much for doing so as always. And, um, yeah, just let me know what you guys would like to hear next. Uh, if there's a certain team or player or aspect of worlds that you'd like for me to cover myself or Sergio, please let me know. And, um, for everybody else, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and, uh, we'll see you next episode. going to um produce as many episodes as i can if you have anybody that you'd like us to interview or talk to or a panel that you'd like for us to put together please let me know so we can um make basically uh make sure that we're um well i'm gonna throw up oh boy food poison coming back let's try again oh boy